You find your way to the intersection of faith and the culture. It's Wall Builders. We're taking on those hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. That means we're looking at whatever everybody's talking about. We're looking at that from, as best we can, from a biblical perspective. What's the Word of God say about it? And I promise you, you want to save America, most important thing you can do is be in God's Word every day. If you hadn't read through the Founder's Bible, get you a copy of the Founder's Bible and make 2023 the year that you read straight through the Bible. And the articles in that Founder's Bible As you're reading God's Word, then you read the articles that are applying God's Word to what's happening in the culture and sharing stories of times throughout American history where someone applied that particular scripture that you just read. There's just no substitute for it. I love it. I'm going back to the Founders Bible myself again this year and sharing that on social media. If you want to follow on social media, I post every day or once a week on what the reading is going to be for that week and for each individual day, and it'll get you through the entire Founders Bible. It's really, really a great way to dive in. So biblical perspective, and then historical and constitutional perspective. What can we learn from history about that hot topic of the day? What does the Constitution say? In other words, how do you approach that issue under our particular form of government? So that's what we do at Wall Builders, biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective as we are rebuilding the walls, rebuilding the foundations of this nation. Greatest nation in the history of the world, folks. Most powerful, most free, the wealthiest, most benevolent nation the world has ever known, and there's a reason for that. There's a formula. There's a secret sauce that produced that result. We've moved away from that secret sauce for years now. It's time to get back to it, and that's what Wall Builders does. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach, and I am thrilled and honored to be serving here with David and Tim Barton. David is America's premier historian. He's our founder at Wall Builders. Tim's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders. And all three of us are excited to be able to serve you through this program and through the other things that Wobblers does to reach out and impact the culture with pastors and teachers and, you know, all kinds of folks, young people, you name it, legislators. In fact, we'll have one uh, with us today. But it's just uh, it's just an honor to be here and be a part of this. And we appreciate you joining us here on Wobblers. All right, David, we got Congressman Brian Babin back with us, uh, Congressman from Texas. He's been on the show before and he'll be with us when we come back uh, from the break a little later. But uh, of course, uh, now. Uh, sworn in. They're getting busy with the conservative agenda in the House of Representatives and uh, looks to be a very interesting couple of years. I'm just glad we're finally going to get to do tours in the Capitol again, guys. I mean, at the very least, we can actually go see our Capitol and invite pastors once again and take them through the Capitol, I hope. Yeah. You know, Rick, we actually got to go up uh, in November. Uh, and uh, a senator hosted a tour, but you can only really kind of do tours in certain areas. They still had areas blocked off and there was police officers in basically every single room watching stuff. Um, I I tried to be a little sneaky uh, (laughs) in the sense of like, I knew they were, they didn't exactly tell us we couldn't do something. And I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's go the route of let's try to do it. And if we ask forgiveness later, we can, but they, I mean, they were just watching us like a hawk. Well, contrast that with just a week ago, we got to go, and maybe now, maybe it's a week and a half ago, I, the time's getting away from me a little bit, but we got to go and do a Capitol tour. And when we did that Capitol tour, th- th- there were police officers there when we went through security. And then they, the Capitol was wide open. There, there weren't police officers monitoring saying, nope, you can't go there. You can't go in this room in this time frame. It, it, was, it was very apparent that they had gotten new orders and new directives from new leadership that you're not going to keep congressmen, their staffers, or even the congressman's special guests from being able to go where a congress 
men or right congressperson wants to take them. So we've already been up there, and it is such a significant change from even just two months prior what it had been. It, it, it's already exciting on some level the changes that we've seen, but based on on what we've even heard roll out, what we've already seen from McCarthy taking a strong stand in things, and, and certainly. Uh, we credit those 20 Republicans who stood strong and, and fought to get some of that that progress done. I think actually later this week we'll maybe talk to one of our friends who uh, was up there fighting to get some of that stuff done. But it it certainly is a place that we are not rejoicing because we're we've turned everything around, but we're we're getting some hope and and there's a reason to be hopeful and optimistic, even based on the the fight we saw from those 20 Republicans standing up against the leadership. And fighting for good things, um, we we could see some some good changes and transition happening in Washington D.C. over the next couple of years. Yeah, and this is of course acknowledging that we don't have the Senate, we don't have the White House. This is just the House of Representatives. But the idea that we can have good leadership in just one uh, of the two chambers in the in the legislative branch and still see some really positive changes is something people should be encouraged about. Yeah, and now that we have the opportunity to make those changes, we really got some good people that are they're working on it. And one of those guys is Brian Babin. He's a congressman from Texas. Uh, Tim and I, we traveled with him to Poland here a few years ago because Poland at that point was really reaching out to the United States and say, we want to be better allies. And matter of fact, we have a common enemy in Russia and what can we do to strengthen things? And, and so Poland was really wanting some of the American military bases to move into Poland. Germany was wanting to kick them out. And so a congressional delegation, a CODEL went over and, and, and just met with people in, in Poland and went through. And so we got to know Brian really well at that time. And he is just a rock solid guy. Uh, his, his character, his faith, he's a military guy. Uh, he was a, a dentist actually in the military, but he's just such a good guy and has such a good heart for God in America. And so we were talking to him about what was going on thought, you know, he's a really good guy to put perspective on it because he's not a political hack as much as he is constitution driven and faith driven and principle driven. And that's the kind of people we really want to hear from. Brian Babin, our special guest. He's a congressman from Texas. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wall Builders. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. America is a special and unique nation. The average length for a constitution in other countries is only 17 years, but we've had ours for over two centuries. And our 4% of the world's population produces 24% of the world's gross domestic product. And every year we produce more inventions and technology than the other 96% of the world combined. In 1831, Alexis de Tocqueville of France came to America, traveled the country, and in his famous book, Democracy in America, reported, the position of the Americans is therefore quite exceptional. And it may be believed that no democratic people will ever be placed in a similar one. This is the origin of the phrase American exceptionalism and affirms that America is unique because of the distinctive ideas on which we have been based, including inalienable rights, individualism, limited government, and the importance of religion and morality. For more information about American exceptionalism, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. So good to have Congressman Brian Babin back with us. Congressman, thanks for some time today. I know it's very busy for you guys in D.C. right now. It really is, Rick. It's great to be with you. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, for all the drama we had last week, uh, we have come up with a probably the best rules package in 
and uh, plans uh, for uh, this this coming session this year and next uh, that I've seen in my in my uh, four terms in Congress. That's fantastic news, man. I you know I, I know our people and, and and people all across the country get frustrated with DC and wonder if it, you know is there any good happening out there? And of course that's why we do Good News Fridays around here at Wall Builders to highlight a lot of that good. Uh, I, I feel the same way. I, I have I have more hope for. Uh, despite the fact, I mean, obviously you guys got to, got the Senate to deal with and the White House and all that, but but for the House operations, uh, conservatives are in a better position than we've been in in a, in a very long time. At least that's the way I'm seeing it from the outside. Is that what you see from the inside? Absolutely. I, I think I think we've got. Uh, I, I really don't believe this would have occurred had we not had the uh, you know the drama that we had last week. Yeah. I just really don't think it would have happened. It paid off. Yes, it did in a, in, a, in a big way. Yeah, uh, you know, and there's some good stuff in here. If you want to dive, yeah, into yeah, it, I was going to ask you, in. give us some specifics to to to, to you know, kind of how this actually impacts, like a, a particular piece of legislation or even the process. Um, it, it definitely seems like from from process before we get into specific legislation, it seems like there's there's kind of an on notice. It's not going to be business as usual, and and, and you know, conservatives are going to not be able to be ignored, uh, and you guys are going to have more. Seems like you're going to end up with more influence, even on individual legislation going forward, because it's very clear there will be tough negotiations. That's exactly right, and some of the things uh, requires bill text uh, to be available to us at least 72 hours before a vote. Wait, are you saying you might you might be able to actually read bills before you have to vote on it? The truth, yeah. I mean, Pelosi would her famous statement: "We got to we got to pass this thing so we can find out what's in it." I mean, this this just tells you all you need to know. Uh, about the way the Democrats have done business. Yeah. And uh, we're going to, of course, uh, establish oversight plans uh, and kind of detail how, how we can hold Biden uh, Biden's uh, administration accountable. We're going to end proxy voting, which has already happened. Uh, we're, in other words, you're going to start seeing a lot more people on the floor of the House. Hey, Congressman, uh, let me ask you about that, the, the proxy sure. voting. For our listeners that don't know what that is or that this was the first time that was allowed— and how that carried over way past the you know the, the COVID crackdowns. But what what is proxy voting, and why is it important to get rid of it? Well, for one thing, when you have a very narrow majority, and some people are telling us that man, you Republicans are, uh, I think you're making a mistake by ending proxy voting because the uh, you know the Democrats had a five or six seat majority, uh, but the way they proxy voted, they didn't need to be here. They always had somebody that was going to be voting for their for their members who were absent taking vacations and traveling the world and what have you. And uh, here we are with a five-seat majority ourselves. And so we're going to have to really um, make it a point to be on the floor of the House and voting. And sometimes that's pretty dicey with uh, bad weather and flights, uh, with people getting sick, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. uh, I think having someone vote for you, it was the first time this ever happened, I think, in the history of our country. Uh, but it just, it, it, it was like everything else that Pelosi did. She bent the rules, and uh, even though I think it was unconstitutional, uh, this is what, this she got her way. Uh, we have, we also have a, uh, we restored the motion to vacate the chair, and uh, which Pelosi also got rid of. And uh, one person could have, uh, had a, a, a privileged motion uh, to bring it to the floor and vote on, on you know, unseating the the, uh, the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Yeah. And, of course, she got rid of that, and uh, we are we are reinstituting it. So I think that's good. 
and that and that allows that allows for accountability for the speaker. It makes it where the speaker knows that that they don't want that kind of thing to happen, so they're gonna they're gonna hear out each member of the of the caucus and the and and each member of the house, both sides. And then also, you know, we've got a thirty one point five trillion dollar national debt now. Yeah, horrible, horrible for the future for our kids and grandkids. And uh, we are instituting what we call cut-go provisions that prohibit bills from coming to the floor that has a net effect of increasing the mandatory side of spending. And uh, uh, this is something that really is just killing our... uh, We're never able to balance the budget because we have our our mandatory spending has has increased about 70% of all of our spending now. It's just crazy. So we're going to... Institute this. That will be great. And uh, there's some other stuff. I don't know how deep you want to dive in the well, weeds. I did want to ask you about a couple of the, the, the homeland security uh, and the border. And then the there was something about not being able to send petroleum products um, you know, from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China. I, and I, I was surprised to see that. I didn't even realize that was up for consideration. But it apparently it's a big enough deal to be one of those top seven bills to be heard by you guys. Absolutely. Well, uh Biden has very foolishly and dangerously drained America's strategic petroleum reserves. Uh, Those are there, and some of them, I think there are three areas. We have one just outside our district called the uh, Big Hill uh, SPR, uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And these things have been drained down to where they're the lowest we've seen, uh, you know, in the last, since the 1980s, early uh, to mid-1980s. And they're there for, you know, for crisis purposes and national security purposes. And Biden has been using them simply to, you know, as a kind of as a prop to get, uh, you know, to drop the price of gasoline right before the midterm elections. And guess what? He sold a ton of this stuff. In fact, most of it is going to China and India. It is crazy. And so this bill, Protecting America's Strategic Petroleum Reserve from China Act, is something that we're uh, going to be fighting this uh, with this and uh, with this with this bill. Uh, and so we cannot allow our strategic petroleum reserve to be depleted uh, for political purposes. Yeah, just crazy. Yeah. Well, and I and I know we're we're covering a lot in a short period of time and kind of getting a thirty thousand feet view, but I wanted people to hear a little bit of of of, of some of those uh, things that are going to happen. And and generally speaking, just be encouraged to know that that you guys are t- able to take these things on and, 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 and take this stuff serious, and, and it's not business as usual. So give us a couple of final thoughts on how that plays out with the Senate and, and the White House and how well you think that the, the House is going to be able to negotiate in these bills going forward. Well, our Speaker uh, McCarthy has, even before he was Speaker, he went over and negotiated with the Senate which, as you know, is going to continue to be under the majority of the Democrat Party. But I hate to say this, a number of those U.S. senators who are Republicans have a history of dancing with the devil. Yeah. Uh, You know, on bills like gun control, infrastructure, uh, you know, same-sex marriage, these types of things, and and voted with, uh, with the Democrats. And on spending bills, we absolutely... The Senate should, every Senate Republican should have held off doing any kind of an infrastructure bill or spending bill 
uh, especially on this Omni, this uh, huge omnibus spending. Oh package. yeah, one point seven trillion dollars. Yeah, one point seven trillion dollars. Had they, if we we could have just waited for a, a couple of weeks, yeah, the house would would be under our control just like it is right now, and uh, we could have saved a, a ton of money for woke programs. Uh, for these, uh, you know, for things that are absolutely destroying. I mean, I, we, we're even taking a lot of grief from Democrats because we didn't vote for it, and they say you want, you don't want border security. You're lying to your constituents. <laughs> oh when my goodness! In reality, this gave a ton of money to their so-called border security, but it forbade, it prohibited spending this, this money uh, on infrastructure, on walls, on on. Uh, uh, things that would increase the uh, border security, and laid a ton of money on things that were woke, uh, you know, legal legal uh, uh, sums of money for legal representation for people who are who are Ill, here illegally. Yeah. Uh, these types of things, uh, facilitating the processing of illegal aliens in a way that just simply they're throwing money. Uh, just to open our border up even more. Uh, yeah, only in Washington D.C. can you can you have a bill that is is labeled uh, for border security, but it's actually helping to tear down that security and allow more people to come in illegally. I mean, it, it, only in Washington D.C., right? That's exactly right. Well, I I, I tell you, Congressman, you you you've given us some hope, and 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 uh, we're just thankful that that we've got you know, a shot at at negotiating these things that you guys can at least be a stopgap over the next two years and prevent the left from continuing to move their agenda forward. Um, and, and, it, and, you know, I, I've been telling people, you tell me if, if this is right, that, that, you know, it's not, that this isn't a solution. We're, we're, it's not going to be pretty. This is, is going to be an ugly couple of years because there is going to be such a battle on each of these bills. But man, it feels good to know that, w- that you guys are going to be able to fight and that we've got, we've got a chance to stop some of the damage. And then over time, take back a lot of that ground. Is that the right approach? Rick, this is what a democratic republic is supposed to be all about. It's a messy system. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look good, you know, when you're watching sausage being made. Uh, but this is the type of political system that has raised humanity to unbelievable heights of, of freedom and liberty, uh, standards of living. Uh, and uh, to get away from that, uh, we absolutely have got to protect our constitutional rights. And then let me let me just say this real quickly, because, you know, thank goodness for wall builders, Rick, uh, for many of these uh, of our conservative uh, Christian, uh, you know, uh, news outlets uh, that do get that that do enable people to get news that that's true. Yeah, because so much of the of the national media simply covers up, blacks out things that are happening. And, And I don't think the average person realizes what has been going on at the border with China, with the abortion uh, issue, these types of things. Our border, I, I tell you what, the border is so dangerous for our national security. Yeah. Our cartels are now in charge of the border. They make a, a billion plus a month. Uh, millions have come across. And, 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 and this, uh, this visit by Biden to the border is simply a photo op. He went down there, went to a port of entry, which is not exactly where all the this is not where the real problems are, are you know, the, of criminality, right. the, the cartels, the drugs, uh, the human trafficking are really even even occurring. And even there, they sanitized it, went in and cleaned out the shanties and, clean, you know, made it look like it was better than it was and kept him in a real beautiful spot. Yeah. Hey, I was I was down there last month with Speaker McCarthy in, in El Paso. 
Yeah. And, uh, and, and probably the exact same area that uh, Biden visited. And at the time that we were down there on the other side of the river, there was probably uh, a half a mile long tent city with thousands of mostly Venezuelans at that particular time demanding and screaming and hollering and jumping up and down, wanting uh, demand, uh, demanding to be, be allowed in uh, to the United States. None of that was there when Biden came. They cleaned up, they sanitized it, just as you said. And uh, so thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and your listeners will certainly appreciate that, I think, and, and, and be, be educated on what these Democrats have really done. Yeah. You cannot believe what these Democrats say. You have to go by what they do. And sometimes you've got to dig deep in the media and in the news to find out what they're doing. Well, amen. Well, we appreciate uh, you helping us get the, the word out there and look forward to having you back and, and uh, just you know want to encourage you, let you know our listeners are praying for you and the other members and keep up the good fight. And thanks for being on the front lines for us. You got it, Rick. Uh, God bless you. You keep up your getting the, getting the word out. We really appreciate Wallville. We'll do it. That's Congressman Brian Babin. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. We're back here on Wall Builders. Thanks, uh, Brian Babin, for joining us today on Wall Builders. We're back with David and Tim. And, uh, guys, of course, you know, I mean, Brian's one of, what, 60 or 70 members of Congress that Wall Builders has, has worked with over the years and continues to work with. Has might be more than that at this point with a lot of the new people that got elected. Uh, but, but he was critical and essential on the border requirements and plan, right? I mean, he's been that, I mean, a Texas congressman, he's, that's been a hot issue for him for a while. Well, it is. And, and he, uh, as we talked earlier, he's one of those principle driven guys. And it's interesting because with the changes happen, you know, not only is there a change on what we can do in the Capitol and who we can take, but there's a change with the agenda. Let me just read the, the top seven things that they said when we get control, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to move forward. And man, have they moved really fast on this stuff? It has been, uh, this feels like the Gingrich days when they had a contract with America and went tick, 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 tick right down the 10 things on the list and got them done so quickly. So here's here's the seven. Um, a bill to cut the funding for the 87,000 IRS workers. That's the number one issue they're going to do, get rid of the funding for those 87,000 workers. And, and by the way, uh, they can now do that without having the president, without having the Senate go with them. Uh, there are some rules that they were able to put in a package that allow them to do some of this stuff, which is cool. Uh, the second thing was a bill to authorize the Secretary of Homeland Security to turn away people crossing the border illegally. 
Now, you mentioned with Babin, that's part of the Texas border plan that, that they have, and Brian was really big on that, is let's secure the borders. Let's get this stuff done. The third measure that they had was a bill that prohibits the Secretary of Energy from sending petroleum products from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China. Amazing. We're dropping our petroleum reserves here and sending it to China of all places. Number four, a tough-on-crime bill that includes the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Streets Act to direct the district attorney and prosecutor's office to report to the attorney general. Number five is a bill to require the National Instant Crime Background Check System to notify U.S. Immigration Customs Enforcement and other law enforcement agencies when information surfaces that a person present in the United States illegally may be trying to obtain a firearm. Number six, a bill to prohibit taxpayer-funded abortions. And number seven, a bill to amend Title 18 U.S. Code to prohibit a health care practitioner from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in case of a child who survives an abortion or attempted abortion. That's the Infant Born Alive Protection Act. That if you're trying to kill a child, it's born when you're trying to abort it. You didn't have, you can't kill it. Then you have to try to start saving it. So, and I've already seen a lot from other members who have things going forward as well. This is a whole different Congress. The way the committees are set up, the way they're structuring things, um, they have opportunities to get a whole lot of stuff through. Now, all the stuff they get through, it's not going to get by the president and by the Senate, but they change the rules in such a way that they do have the ability to make a lot of changes that I didn't think they'd be able to make just a month ago. It really is good. Well, and, and even if they don't get it through the Senate or, or get the president to sign it, they're at least now able to make the argument, right, and and get the issues in front of the American people where for the last two years, unless you were, you know, in a, in a particular social media channel, you didn't hear any of these issues. The idea that they would vote on Infant Born Alive uh, you know, th- this quick and 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 uh, and have such an overwhelming support from the Republican Party. I mean, they're sending a signal. They're saying to the American people, "Hey, we're the party of life." Same thing on these on these other issues. So, really, really encouraging stuff. You're right. By the way, Rick, I'll point out that they had that vote, and, and actually, there was actually a Democrat that changed over and and voted with them on the pro life. Henry Cuellar, actually Cuellar. A, te- a Texan. Yeah. yeah, Henry Cuellar. I served with him in the House years ago. And I'll point out the Democrats put over $5 million into Texas to get him beat in the primary because they didn't want anybody pro-life in their party. Amen. But we got one Democrat vote, and that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting, guys. A lot of interesting stuff going to be happening out of Washington, D.C. over the next couple of years. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty ugly. But that's why we're involved. We're seeing positive change in the right direction. There's a lot to celebrate this week. Thanks for listening today. You've been listening to Wall Builders. Stand undivided